Let's get this web conference underway. Tēnā koutou katoa. Greetings everyone. Haramai and welcome to the Learns No More Tips or Dumps virtual field trip. I am Andrew, the Learns field trip teacher and it is 9.15 on Thursday, the 22nd of March. And uh, it is very great to have you with us this morning. Uh, you can follow the written questions for this web conference by looking on the uh, web conferences page on the Field Trip website. And this is Tim Brake. Tim's um, probably becoming more and more familiar to you as he has been our main guy for the week, talking to you and helping you learn all about responsible, being a responsible citizen when it comes to uh, waste and recycling. And also, teaching you all about the ins and outs of Redvale Landfill and Energy Park. Uh, of course, some other familiar faces is our Speaking Schools Ambassador, Spud. And um, I'm sure you've been checking out what Spud's been up to on his page on the Field Trip website. And joining Spud is, is Busby from Spring Creek School. And, and of course, Egbert who's been following me around the countryside for the last nine years as my ambassador. So he's a very well-traveled little fella. Um, now, so you're sitting here at Redvale Landfill Energy and Energy Park in, the, uh, in a meeting room in the office. And um, it's uh, another nice day here in Tamaki Makoto. So that's always helpful when it's nice and sunny. Um, in fact, it got quite warm yesterday, um, and here on site you have to wear long sleeves and, and long pants as part of their safety, um, part of you know the, the safety yeah, in addition to hard hats and steel cap boots. So it got a little bit hot, uh, but that's okay. I'd rather it was nice and sunny than wet because it gets very muddy as well when it's wet around the site. Um, so, you know, welcome, welcome to our listening schools and of course a big welcome to our speaking school this morning, St. Helia's. And um, so they're going to begin the first part, the formal part of our web conference with their questions and then following that, uh, listening schools will have an opportunity to put more questions to Tim uh, via the chat pod for our second informal part. So let's get underway with the questions, and um, we'll have our first question from St. Helia's School, please. Um, how do you stop it from smelling when you are working at the landfill? <laughs> Overall, the landfill is under a vacuum. So, um, the, the smells actually are sucked um, um, down through the, through the cap and extracted. Also, we have big odour sprayers around the active tip phase. So um, the, the, the smells of the fresh rubbish coming in um, are actually reacted with, with the odour sprays, which you'll see in the, in the video um, later on um, that get loaded tonight. I'll see them in action. So basically, those, those odour sprays um, actually um, react with the um, odour molecules and actually break them down so they don't smell anymore. Well, Tim, you actually mentioned it on uh, Tuesday when we were having a bit of a tour of the site because um, I said, what's that thing blowing spray around? Um, but yeah, 
we'll learn more about that today. And um, so I think that was Gabby that asked that question. That's what I've got written down here. So just a reminder, if you introduce yourself so you know who it is uh, asking the question, that would be great. So let's move on now to question two, please. Hi, my name is Zenith and my question is, what is your plan or goal for powering electric vehicles using the energy from the landfill? Um, we're, we've got a program we've just started to electrify our entire transportation fleet. So we've bought some new trucks, but, but going forward we'll be actually taking the old diesel engines out of our older trucks and putting a new um, electric drive systems in to actually power those, the, those um, trucks. And of course, because we generate electricity from the, the waste, um, uh, sustainable electricity, we'll be actually powering the trucks ourselves. So um, a normal truck that goes around picking up your rubbish, um, will um, the rubbish in, in the truck will generate enough electricity to drive the truck and to run 270 homes for the next day. So again, um, the, there's extra capacity there for the grid as well. And today we're going to uh, get us up close to one of those trucks and uh, have a look around, see how it works. So that's pretty exciting. Um, thanks for that question, Zenith. And uh, we'll move on to question number three. Kia ora, I'm Colden. And I would like to know if the heat you pump into the greenhouses retains any toxic compounds or methane gas. And if so, if that is homogenized with the eggplants, are the eggplants still safe to eat? Well, we, we send two forms of heat across to the um, greenhouse. The first one is hot water from the, from the, the gas um, generating um, units. And so, of course, that's just indirect heating, like, like a heat exchanger you may have in, in, in your classroom. And the other one is, is we send across gas. That's, that's heated indirectly. So the, the actual fumes from the, from the burning are actually um, are vented out of a stack and, the, and the, the heating is indirect so there's no contact between the, the burnt gas and the eggplants. Yeah, kia ora Colin. thanks for that question. And um, again, today, that's, uh, that's another thing you'll be able to have a look at via the videos tomorrow is um, actually having a look inside the uh, greenhouse that grows those eggplants and looking at the whole system of that heat exchange. Um, question four is up next. Um, hi, I'm Josh, and since the battery supply um, in electric vehicles are limited, do you know what they will do in the future to construct longer lasting battery? I mean, th this is future tech. I mean, batteries are getting better and better um, and bigger and, and more powerful as, as we um, learn and, and develop them. So they, they, they can only get, um, I guess, better going forward. And also, it's the only way forward. We have to find ways of limiting the, the use of fossil fuels. So um, a battery provides a, a mobile energy um, source to allow us to be mobile and, and, to be, and for energy. Also, the batteries from the trucks, when they do get um, too weak, we, we can pull them out and actually put them into battery banks 
to actually provide um, buffer storage for um, electrical generation of solar and um, and wind, so that um, basically providing so they charge and then you can use the power overnight. So if you've got a solar panel on your house, you only got electricity during the, the, the sunny time of the day. Um, but if, if you have you use one of these um, the batteries um, from from the vehicle once the vehicle it's 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 it's, it's life as it's been reduced as it's, as it's got older, um, it allows your house to be powered for the electricity for the rest of the night as well. Right. Yeah, because um, you might have experienced rechargeable batteries that eventually, you know, lose. They just can't be charged, you know, enough to what you need anymore. That's similar to what would ha happens eventually with the batteries in an electric vehicle. So it's good to know they've got a life beyond that. Okay. Um, up next, question number five. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dan. And how do you turn rubbish into electricity? Well, it's only part of the rubbish that we can turn into electricity, and it's the part that contains the, what we call organics, the things that grew. So plants and animal material, um, basically that's food, and it, it decomposes with, within the landfill. The landfill has no oxygen um, in it, so it's, it, it, the decomposition is anaerobic, no oxygen process, which produces natural gas as part one of the gases that come off. We capture that natural gas, methane, um, and then send it to big piston engines, like, like a big car engine. But instead of having wheels on the engine, what we've got is an electrical generator that, that creates electricity, and that is then um, fed via wires into the national grid. So you'll be able to see today, guys, on, it's on the videos page, there's a video that, that describes that process that Tim's just um, talked about. And there'll be some imagery attached to that in the video, which will give you a really good idea. And you'll see those big generators uh, that uh, Tim's referring to, which are, which are pretty huge. Um, so then there's 12 of them. So yeah, there's certainly a lot of electricity that's generated. In fact, soon there'll be 14. 14 generators, so pretty impressive stuff. Make sure you check out the video. Hey, thanks, Dan, and uh, let's move on to question six. Hi, my name is Zifan, and what do you do with the eggplants? Um, we actually don't own the greenhouse, so therefore the eggplants. But the eggplants are sold throughout Auckland at veggie shops and supermarkets, and my um, veggie shop even says, um, um, red veil um, eggplants um, in, in the little side above it. So I buy them and use them in stir fries. Make a good baba ganoush too. I guess so. Zifan, you're not related to Zenith, are you? Uh, no, I'm not. I was just wondering because you both got a Z in your name. See, I've got four daughters and they've all got Zs in their names. I thought it might have been, you know, something that was <laughs> done. Okay, let's move on. Thanks, thanks, uh, Zifan. That's, um, uh, so look out for Zifan. Um, let's move on to question number seven. Hi, my name is Stuart, and my question is: If every day rubbish is produced, what do you do with them? Will they just keep being more landfills? So, how, so do you want? Um, we just, I'll just repeat that because we just missed part of the question. Um, if every day, in fact, you want to just, do you want to just say that again? We just missed part yeah. of the question. 
Sure. If every day rubbish is being produced, what do you do with it all? Will there just keep being more landfills? So it comes down to this, what, what it is, whether it, it is true rubbish or not. So the, 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 the material that can be extracted for recycling it can get diverted to, to, to those, those streams. But if, the, if the materials cannot be recycled or it's for, for various reasons, then it has to go somewhere. It has to go somewhere that, that's contained. You can't just throw it to the sea or throw it in the, out on, 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 the, on the ground. So, yes, it does go to, to landfills. And when we fill a landfill, we'll have to then build a new one. So it's really important um, that we... That we minimize the amount of material we throw out but also the trick is further to that is that when we throw stuff out we throw stuff out that rots away so if, if it rots away in a landfill the landfill doesn't actually fill up so uh, basically if, if we can only threw bananas and, and, and tissue paper in, into a landfill we would never have to build another one because it would rot away make gas for, for, for electricity and then um, to, um, the airspace would reappear to be refilled again and Tim's been talking a little bit this week about you know being a conscious consumer in terms of how you buy and, and what you buy, whether you um, are buying products in, in packaging. See now, Barry's holding up a wooden toothbrush there. I'm not sure if the I think these bristles might be nylon though, Barry. Yeah. Are they? they <laughs> yeah. But at least you know a good percentage of that product is biodegradable. So uh, whether you're taking shopping home in a in a uh, cotton bag or paper bag, you know, that, that's something that can be uh, decomposed. Um, and clothing as well. So, you know, if you're buying natural fibres, that, that's, that's a product that's going to be able to be um, decomposed in the future. And um, Only 65% cotton this time. Ah, uh, shame on you. I don't even know what this is. It doesn't tell me. If, if it doesn't tell you it because it, it, it's embarrassed, it won't have any natural fibres at all. Well, I'm embarrassed then, in that case. Yeah. Must have been why it was on special. And cheap. Okay, right. Now, let's move on. Uh, so we're up to question eight, St. Helia's School. Hi, my name's Ashlyn, and I have a new question. What is the process of turning rubbish into energy? Um, well, I've, I've said that similarly before. Basically, the only energy that we can um, extract from the rubbish is from the organic component of, of, of the rubbish. So the, 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 the plants and animals, that, um, pieces that, that are thrown out, so the, the paper bags, the banana skins, the, the leather handbags, etc. all those materials will biodegrade create um, landfill gas, and that landfill gas contains methane, and that methane is a chemical energy which we can then utilise to convert to other forms. Okay, um, thanks for that. We're up to question nine. Hi, my name is Will, and my question is, can rubbish be used for other things than energy, being turned into energy? Um, well, yes, um, and, and, but that's where recycling comes in. So when you have an, an empty glass bottle, that can be um, broken up and made into another glass bottle. So if, when you have a cardboard box, that can be um, 
um, shredded and, and pulped up and made into another cardboard box or, or perhaps an egg crate. So um, there's a lot of things that you that you've finished with that aren't that, and you say are rubbish aren't actually rubbish. We we can actually re re, re um, purpose them, um, even more potentially delay them for, for disposal. Like like again, a fizzy drink bottle being put into clothes. So again, it, it depends on the nature of the of the thing that, that you are that, that's rubbish to you as to whether there's any value in it for um, for, for, for for another purpose. What's that expression? One man's junk is another man's treasure. Yeah, or something like that. I think probably include women yeah. too. Um, so, right, we're up to question 10, St. Helens. Hi, my name is Anusha, and um, my, question, my question is, how long does rubbish take to change into gas, which is used as energy? Right. It depends on the nature of the organics as to how quickly it, it, it converts to gas. And the, the measure is what is, is in half-life. So it's the amount of time it takes for half the material to convert is, 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 is how the, the, the scientists measure these things. So food, half its weight will be converted to gas within about four years. Cotton and paper, half its weight will be converted to, to gas in about eight years. And a tree, half its weight will be converted to gas in about 23 years. So again, it depends on the nature of, of the organic as to how quickly it, it, the bugs can eat it and, and, and it falls apart. Um, so, and that's really, hard, I guess, the, the split between the, 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 the types of materials. Good question, Anusha. Thanks for that. Um, yeah, so half-lives. Half-lives. You can do a bit more research about that. Uh, it's an interesting, interesting thing to think about. Um, and we're up to your final question this morning, St. Heliers. Hi, my name is Sophia, and my question is, how do you think the world can be improved in terms of using sustainable energy? Well, again, if we only use sustainable energy, then we'd be causing much less climate change. But it's only one of the components of, our, of sustainability that we have to actually deal with. So we have to produce as much sustainable energy as possible from hydro dams, wind farms, geothermal stations, solar panels, and landfills, even tides. And that way we don't have to burn fossil fuels to, to top up the, the, our, our requirements. Um, better for Huntley to, to, to never be turned on so we don't need to burn the natural gas there. Uh, so again, basically we need to use, um, create as much sustainable energy as we can and make as little um, um, other um, e um, energy sources as possible. And also the other part is, is, is being, um, I guess, mindful of conservation. So not, not using too much energy where the extra needs to be made out of fossil fuels. We do pretty well in New Zealand, though, don't we? Like, we, you know, wind farms, uh, hydro stations. We're, we're very lucky in New Zealand. We already generate up, up to 85% of our power um, on um, using sustainable um, techniques. So that makes an electric car um, very um, useful. I mean, there's no point having an electric car in Australia because they've burnt coal to make the electricity in the first place. So, as I said, we're very lucky at the moment. And as long as we continue to, 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 to keep up, up and, and even increase that proportion, we are still a part of the solution of sustainability. Awesome. Hey, look, some fantastic questions, St. Helias. Thanks so much for taking the time to come up with them. And uh, thanks, Tim, again, for the time that you've given to provide your answers. So that's the, um, and, oh, well, you know, we can, 
This is the end of the formal part of the web conference. Um, so in a moment, there's going to be an opportunity to uh, put further questions to Tim. So if you have a look down at the bottom of the Zoom room page, you'll see a, a thing called chat, and that opens up a, a chat window, and that's, that's where you uh, are able to pop in some extra questions. Now, um, this is our, uh, what, what am I trying to say, Tim? <laughs> I was just going to say, um, you can, this will be recorded, but it is being recorded. So you can listen to this web conference again. Uh, so if you didn't get all of Tim's answers, writing down your notes, you can listen again. Uh, when you're in, just go to web conferences, the recording will be on that page. And, and while you're on that page, uh, do check out the videos, my diary and images from, from yesterday. So um, we're going to say goodbye to St. Helias for now, but obviously you're perfectly welcome to stay on and post some more questions. But, but in the meantime, to St. Helias, thank you very much. Nā mihi nui, kā kite ano. I see, I see, um, I see Colden there. Did you want to say something? Oh, Colden's, Colden's typing something, I think. I'm typing something up in chat now. It's a cool. question. I can, um, well, you're on audio. You can ask us audio. No, no, it's oh, okay. Great. No, okay. No, 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 it's all right. No, Colden, no, Colden we'll stick to the, we'll stick to the typing because I've got other ones ahead of you, you see. So, thanks. Um, Oh, Miss Capel says it's a class of Z names. I might have to send my kids to that school, but it's a long way to go from Kerry Kerry. Um, so, right, so here's Kellen Thompson. Oh, he must be one of the Thompson twins. I wonder. We've got the Thompson twins that follow us a lot on these field trips. How long does plastic take to break down? I heard more than 400 years. Oh, there we go. I see the Thompson twins. Um, it depends on the plastic and depends where it is um, and depends what you call breaking down. So, I mean, if you leave a plastic bag out on, 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 in, on, a, on a paddock or something like that, it will break up into small pieces. So but the pieces may be small enough that you can't see, but they still choke an earthworm. So um, as I said, uh, things that break down, um, really um, it, it's, 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 a, it's a continuum process of things getting smaller and smaller and smaller till eventually all plastics will end up as, as global increment CO2. So um, it depends where they are, it depends what they were to start with. Um, so yes, it, it can be as, as long as 400 years or it could be as, 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 as quick as a couple of years, again, depending on, on where it is. In the sea, it's going, again, it, it, they, they, will, they break down into smaller and smaller pieces. And then of course the fish eat it and all that, and it goes round and round. So um, it takes a long time for it to actually completely disappear. You may not be able to see it, but that doesn't mean um, that it's not all there. It's a bit like these, these um, the, the, the plastic, component in our clothing. Um, the, the, the fibers actually break off and it's washed away in our, in our laundry and that goes again into the sea. So with our very, very small pieces, it ha it, 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 it's breaking down, but it's not actually disappearing as such. Yeah, and there's been quite a few studies done on, on those, the microscopic nature of, of plastics and, and how that's affecting uh, sea life. So um, 
being a keen fisherman, I don't like to hear about those sorts of things, but, but I do because then, then I can think about the sorts of things I'm doing to try, and, to try and do my bit anyway to alleviate the issue. Okay, uh, so here's St. Helia's other question here. If it is only organics that can be decomposed and converted to, into energy, where is non-biodegradable waste reverted to? Well, it, it's just inert. It's just a solid brick that fills the landfill. So that's the material that will be here forever. And that's, so that's what Tim was saying. If it was just biodegradable stuff that went to a landfill, there wouldn't be a need for any other landfills because it would just keep going down and, and it would just be a perpetual state. Um, but that's why we have a need for landfills because we've got to put this stuff somewhere. Um, so there you go. Okay, um, another question here. In total, how much energy does one landfill on average produce? That's from Casey. I can only, I guess, quote um, Redvale. So um, it, it becomes a, a landfills of different sizes and, 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 and extractions, etc. So we extract 66,000 tonnes of landfill gas a year, um, and we use it for a number of purposes, um, including um, um, electrical generation. We use it to boil the um, the, the leachate um, to, to drive off, off the water, and also the um, the uh, greenhouses as well. So um, I would think in total we're probably um, around 17 megawatts maybe, maybe a, a little more in, in, in total energy that, that we're producing. But again, our waste is, is reasonably short of organics. If we could um, have a lot more organics from you folk, we would produce a lot more power. So we could produce five times as that that um, if, if we had um, a, a, you threw out tissue paper and, and, and banana skins and things like that instead of plastic bags and, 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 and steel forks. So again, it comes down to what the energy that the energy input coming through the gate relative to, to the energy we can create. So the, the more energy dense that you've got your waste, the more organics in it, the more energy we, we can actually um, um, generate. So as I said, it's, it's really up to you. Will have how, how successful your landfills are. And Riley wants to know: Is there other plants that could grow instead of eggplants? Uh, what? Why eggplants? Because they're bloody expensive. Um, so no, it, it comes down to um, they could grow tomatoes, they could grow um, um, cucumbers, they could do anything they like. But they've they've chosen eggplants, and they're at the moment three ninety nine each in in, this, in the, the the veggie shore. So I, I suspect they won't stop growing eggplants for a while either. Yeah, it's just so so. The eggplant greenhouse is, is, is separate from the landfill. It's just it's, 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 it's just coincidence that, that the, the greenhouse is so close enough for us to actually um, transport um, 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 send the energy there. So, um, but again, it's that the greenhouse was there um, before we connected the, it, it to the um, to, to our energy supply. And Zenith wants to know, on average, how much leachate is burned a day. Well, 18,000 tonnes a year. So um, I'll let you do the maths. It'll be, it'll be a good, good example of, of some algebra for you. So 18,000 tonnes. So that's about 18,000 cubic metres of water um, spoiled off as boiling, boiling a kettle dry in, in a year. And again, on the video page today, you'll see a, a video uh, which, which talks about that process.
Can I just ask one here? Many years ago, I read an article in National Geographic and it had a photograph of um, a National Geographic magazine that was pulled out of a landfill and it was preserved. And so um, nowadays that wouldn't happen. Do you just want to explain um, that please, Tim, because you, you put pipes in. Well, um, no, it's actually the leachate extraction. Think of a tree falling down in a swamp. 300 million years later, it's coal. Think of the same tree falling down in a paddock. Um, 50 years later, it's gone. By keeping our leachate levels in the landfill down, we're encouraging microbiological activity, which eats up the National Geographic and other things. Um, and, and our landfill, um, our gas wells are running at 40 to 45 degrees Celsius, so hotter than a spa pool. So basically, by, by again, keeping our swamp down, so if, if, if we let the leachate um, swamp the, the National Geographic, it, it would turn off the, the microbiological activity and, and, and the National Geographic wouldn't rot away. Um, it, would, it would still be there as, as that particular example. There's another example where they've, they've, they've dug up a, um, a hamburger in a, in a land, old landfill in Arizona, and it's still perfectly preserved, but that's the reverse. It's so dry, it's actually desiccated, so the bugs can't live in a bone-dry environment. That's why, like in Egypt, where they've, they've found things as well, because again, it's all so, so very, very dry. So again, in those two extremes, very, uh, very wet and flooded or very dry, the bugs can't thrive. But if you, you get the, 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 the bugs in the right conditions, they will thrive again, 45 degrees Celsius is hot. Um, and they are, they are working, they are eating everything that, that they can and converting as much um, of, of the material to, to, to landfill gases as, as we can get them to. It's fascinating stuff. I really makes my mind boggle somewhat thinking about these these little microscopic creatures working so hard but it's such a fundamental part of life uh recycling recycling it happens everywhere in nature i mean we've, we've got more bugs on the outside of our skin than cells in our body and they're recycling us at and as we speak, so it's all—it's a natural process that's been going on and evolved and, and integrated for for three hundred and fifty million, three thousand five hundred million years. So a long time. Mm. Well, everyone, uh, if if there's no further questions, we'll leave you to it, and we'll go and do what we need to do. Um, it's been awesome having—I can see some of you have joined us every day this week. So that's been great. Uh, thanks for being a part of it. And, you know, hopefully you've gained a lot out of being a part of the web conferences. And I'm sure combined with reading, you know, your, your background material on the website, the diaries, uh, the videos, uh, you guys will have learned a lot this week. And there's a lot to think about, a lot more discussions to have. So um, what I'll do now is let you all unmute and say a big goodbye. Hi. Thanks again, everybody. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you on another field trip soon. <laughs>